This is Stick to Sports Podcast with Noah and Logan. Welcome to the Stick Sports Podcast, the podcast where our opinions are the only ones that matter. It's Noah. It's Logan. Logan, how are you doing today? Doing all right. Doing all right? Likewise, likewise. I'm doing all right because we're about to get into one of, I think, our favorite divisions. None of the teams. I don't think, I don't know. Oh, wait, you are a Chargers. I forgot. You are low-key a Chargers fan. Sure. No, you are a Justin Herbert fan. Yes, I'm a Justin Herbert truther. And a JC Jackson and Asante Samuel fan as well. Yeah, um, guy. But uh, let's talk about the AFC West. The AFC West, we go into this podcast wanting to talk about the AFC West probably for the better part of the last five months to be honest, um, because of just how crazy this um, this division has gotten, honestly. So should we just get started? should. All right. So let's start with the first team, the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are a team that I said was going to be good. I said they were going to be good two years ago, and then they weren't. And they've tried their best in the last few years to just get a quarterback, a franchise quarterback. They have not got, had a franchise quarterback since what Peyton Manning um and even then it was the shell of Peyton Manning that led them to the Lavin that was his last year yeah that was his last year he did have he had great he had one of the greatest offensive years ever so yeah so that's that's been seven years now Gee, it's only been seven years. Seven years since they won the Super Bowl. Oh, I thought you meant seven years since, because I think it's been like nine or ten. Yeah, since. yeah. So it's been seven years, and they've gone through a nice revolving door of quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, the likes of Joe Flacco. Uh, I'm blanking. I Trevor Simeon, Paxton Trevor Lynch. Simeon, Brock Osweiler. Oh, the Brock Osweiler era was electric. Can't um, even. Drew Locke. Yeah, it... Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, can't forget. And to be honest, it seems like the Teddy Bridgewater was the more um, successful one, which is terrible. And obviously, they went through the, the their coaches. Um, I don't know who's their coach before Vic Fangio. Um, Fox. What happened? It was either John Fox or Gary Kubiak. Actually, oh, I, was there was someone else. Yeah, I think you're missing. There, there was someone else. Who was the coach? Was, who was the coach when Gase was the OC? Ah, shit, who? Hold on. Because there was someone else there that was there for, like, just a couple of years, like, two or... Like, I, because I forget. But, anyway, the Denver Broncos... Oh, Vance Joseph was Vance there. Joseph, yes, that's... For, like, a year? Yeah. So... Two years, and he was pretty bad. Last season, the the Denver Broncos... And I think not even just last season, for the past three seasons, the Denver Broncos looked like they were a quarterback away. They go 7-10, and 10, finish last in the AFC West, um, bottom 10 defense, um, offense in the league, top three defense in the league. Um, huge product of those pieces and Vic Fangio there. Um, for, I think this is their first season with George Patton as their GM, uh, making the decisions and not John Elway. And to be honest, with Pat Shermer as their OC, whatever. This was a team, Logan. They started 3-0, just like the Panthers. I remember the graphics that went out. Um, and then it just was a downhill spiral since then. What, how would you encapsulate the Broncos' 2021 season? 
very injury filled. I think uh, almost an entire wide receiver core at one point. Yeah, had some injury. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater was brought in to be the quote unquote the guy, and he really wasn't the guy. Uh, you had Bradley Chubb get injured for a significant portion of the season. Von Miller was traded pretty much mid-season. Well, wasn't Von Miller released to before the season and then re-signed as well? Yeah, but then he was traded in the yeah. middle of the season. Um, Ronald Darby struggled with injuries, I believe. So this is a team that, you know, struggled with injuries a lot. The quarterback wasn't really there. Um, so this was a roster that had a lot of talent. And we all felt like they were a quarterback away. And so they went out and got a quarterback. And, you know, you talk about the injuries to their major players and and whatnot. You have them. You have, obviously, their wide receivers. KJ Hamler tore his ACL very early into the season. Cortland Sutton was a shell of himself. I don't know what. He had signed an extension just before. He also was injured, I believe. Yeah, he. Yeah, exactly. Tim Patrick and Albert O. They missed some time. Judy was so, out for a little bit. Yeah, exa- Judy missed most of the season, I believe. Actually, he only started five games. So you did have a situation where a lot of your their key guys, I think we went into the season saying that this was a top five wide receiver core, or I think I did. I don't know if you were that high on them. Yeah. They, had, they had all these injuries. And going into the season, especially coming off their draft, which we were both very high on, they had they got Patrick in that draft, Quinn Meaners, the center, Javante Williams, and whatnot. So they had a really good draft. Going into the season, they had a lot of upside, especially Teddy Bridgewater. You knew he wasn't going to be the guy, but you thought that at least there would be some sort of offensive uptick. And that just wasn't the case with them. Yeah. And now after that sort of disappointing season, I guess, um, they're the two the two big moves that the Broncos made this season was to fire Vic Fangio. Which we and, both were low on, I think. Yeah, I felt like their defense was finally starting to shape into what Fangio intended, and I thought that his fi- firing was a bit premature. I think he, got, I think he bought himself at least one more year. Because, yeah, of course. Again, the quarterback, their inability to find a quarterback isn't his fault. Uh, well, but then they bring they bring in Nathaniel Hackett, uh, so, and who were both I think, I I'm not gonna say I'm low on him, but they bring in Nathaniel Hackett going that going after QB that they ended up not getting to be honest. I think the Russell the the Russell Wilson wasn't the quarterback that they envisioned having. I think at the beginning, I think they were gonna make a strong push to try and go get Aaron Rodgers speculate about that if you want. You could speculate, yeah, but I, I, I just... Still, I know. He's still very good offensive mind. Yes, of course. The Shanahan coaching tree. He was actually offensive coordinator in Jacksonville back when they were in the AFC Championship game. That Everybody on that Jacksonville team was great, and anyway. So he bring You bring some offense... Like he's still... He's not a hack. Yeah, of course no, not. No, no, no. Um, so he does have a, a good offensive scheme that, you know, is similar to what Green Bay ran. Yeah. Um, so I think he'll be fine there. And then the second big move, probably the one of the bigger moves in the offseason was going and trading for Russell Wilson. I think that was one of the 
the moves. I think we saw the Russell of Russell Wilson trade coming, um, especially because he had been expressing unhappiness for the better part of the last two seasons. And we saw a Russell trade, a Russell Wilson trade coming, and it didn't seem as if the package they gave up. I think three first rounders. Um, Noah Fant, I believe, was it also in that trade, and um, Drew Locke. It was a Shelby huge, Harris, Shelby Harris as well. So that might, but. And it was for Wilson, two first rounders, two second rounders, a fifth rounder, and a fourth round pick. Those draft picks will mean nothing if it ends up getting the Broncos a Super Bowl, obviously. Uh, I think we've seen definitely a downtick in the value of first round picks in the last few seasons, especially given what the Rams have done. Uh, if you're a contending team, what does, your, what does a first round pick really mean to you in, in, in certain cases, you know? But this is their first franchise QB that the that the Broncos have had since Peyton Manning. And I think that's not an understatement to say, you know? Like, this is their first real franchise QB. They've swung and missed on so many others, and Russell Wilson is, you know, let Russ cook. Russell Wilson, I think, with this supporting cast can, I think, be very successful. Yeah, I mean... Russ in Seattle, he always seemed to start out really good and then he yeah. kind of just declined throughout the entire season. And I'm not really sure why. I think it's more of a exhaustion, like to especially towards the last couple seasons. It didn't seem as if Seattle ever had a plan. You know, the let Russ cook wasn't just a meme. It was a, it was a philosophy that they seemed to live by. Um, they didn't have any plans for when you know receivers weren't catching. They didn't really have an established run game. We saw this year, the only reason Rashad Penny broke out is because of the extended injury to Russ and because, like, I guess he had no choice but to break out. He but, very much runs around a lot. And, yeah. you know, him and Kyler Murray are very similar. They run around a lot in the pot, in the backfield, and then they try to make a great play. And they're both quarterbacks that we've seen in the past two years, like, start off really hot. And they fade down the stretch. Yeah. And Russell Wilson's always an MVP candidate in September, but by December he's a non-factor in that race. So does this new scheme, new personnel, new environment change that, or is he just going to be similar, a similar player to what he was in Seattle? Yeah, and I think the thing, too, that you can talk about with um, Russell Wilson especially let's talk about the weapons around them. Would you say, and I guess, I don't know if this is that much of a hot take to say, would you say this is a better supporting cast than he had in, um, in Seattle? Like obviously with, when you look at the number one receivers here, Jerry, you have Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, Tim Patrick, Tim Patrick, obviously one of the better stories from the last two um, couple seasons. And then KJ Hamler coming off injury, Kendall Hilton, who, had a couple good, um, a couple good games last season, and Alberto at tight end. What is this? Is this a better situation for Russell? Does he have the, the system around him to succeed? Um, if you're stacking it up, just looking at it, the running backs, I feel like the, the Broncos have a better one-two punch. Yeah. Than what Russ had in Seattle, but we'll talk about the running backs in a little bit. The wide receivers. In DK McCaff and Tyler Lockett above any duo that you can give me from this Broncos. Same. So, Same. 
in terms of depth, uh, Denver has the edge, but in terms of star power, I'm giving the edge to Seattle still. And yeah. tight ends, I mean, they had Will Disley and Gerald Everett up in Seattle. Like, okay. I mean, there's, again, the, the yeah, gap. Between... They're, they're like, it's kind of a toss up there. Yeah, exactly. The, the biggest yeah. the biggest difference between Seattle and Denver is their offensive line. Exactly. And let's talk about the offensive line in a bit. Let's first off, let me just quickly touch on the running backs. Right. Yeah. Devonta Williams and Melvin Gordon is an under, I feel like, you know, especially because they were sharing carries. I think the split was almost damn. It near was, 50, yeah, it 50. was almost 50, 50. They each put up at least 900 yards on the ground. Um, I'm, let me look at the touchdown splits. Um, Melvin Gordon obviously was more efficient in the red zone, having eight touchdowns and Javante Williams having four. Also, they were pretty good in the receiving game too, because Javante Williams put up 300 yards in the in the receive 310 yards in the receiving game as well, with 7.3 yards per reception, and two and three receiving touchdowns of his own. And I think Melvin Gordon had two. So, this is a running back duel that can get you 2,500 yards of offense and 20 touchdowns by themselves. Yeah, this is a. I don't even think it's a stretch to call them a top five duo. In the league, it's not uh, fantasy owners won't like the fact that Melvin Gordon's here, but they they were great last year. The two of them um, sharing, splitting carries, and I think they'll maybe Javante Williams gets a bit more in terms of carries. Yeah, because obviously Gordon, as the youth, the youth edge. But it, he, I think Melvin Gordon is still a big part of this offense because you look at where's Nathaniel Hackett coming from, Green Bay, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Yeah, he knows like, he knows what to do. Know, with the he knows how to utilize two running backs. So. Really high on their duo here. Wide receiver, I think the biggest goal for them is staying healthy. You, you yeah. Because they, if they're healthy, I think this is a really nice unit. Cortland Sutton is probably going to be I, – I anticipate him getting a lot of targets because he's going to be on the outside, and that's where Russ likes to throw. Yeah, he's a, very much an outside yeah. guy. And then Tim Patrick on the other side, you said he's had a really nice career in terms of like a nice story-wise. Um, yeah. Jerry Judy, he'll be in the slot. I talked about Jerry Judy before. Russ doesn't really like the middle of the field, but he was more consistent there when he didn't yeah. play last year. So I think he functions better there. And then KJ, I like Jerry Judy on the slot rather than an outside receiver. And then you got KJ Hamler as your deep threat. That's great. a great that's a great deep threat. And then um, obviously the O line, we talked about it. Lord Cushenberry, one of the better centers in the NFL. He really um, improved last year in terms yeah. of rookie season. Garrett Bowles, a first round pick, I think he, he was for them. Um, yep. he's definitely turned that he's been worth the um worth it. And Graham Glasgow and Billy Turner on the right side. You know, Quinn Quinn Muniz is still there. We see what he's gonna I think he might be slated to start. Yeah, because I know he's he had apparently a really good mini camp. So Steelers tried to This is I like this offensive line. It's probably one of the better ones in the league. The right tackle was their biggest weakness, but then they went and signed Billy Turner. Yeah. Um, so you just want to keep seeing development from these players. And I think this this offensive line could be one of the better ones in the league, actually. So yeah, of course. And then let's talk about the defense. The defense is a is a, a defense has been something that I think we were really like always been high on, especially with Vic Fangio being there. 
But they again, they lost Shelby Harris, who I believe Shelby Harris was their top sack getter last he, year. Yeah, I think that's going to be a loss. It's really felt. He was he was really good for them last year. He was, but also you have to also think that last year, I believe um, Bradley Chubb missed most of the year. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um. So he's they're going to get him back. So in the sense, in a sense, that's a retention for them. And they lose Von Miller as well, who in the seven games he still was a four and a half, four and a half sacks, and he still was a veteran presence that commanded a lot of attention on on the for opposing offensive lines so you're gonna definitely have to look for malik reed he needs to step up this year he had an underrated season last year five sacks 43 tackles and eight qb hits but what can he do can he take the next step and like actually become like their number one pass rusher outside of bradley chubb because that's what um he's gonna have to do dj jones mike Purcell, and draymond jones yeah, in, uh, up front like they brought in DJ Jones from San Francisco. He actually had a nice year last year. And then you got Draymond Jones. But the interior line does not have a lot of depth. No. And then you look on the edges, Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory are two guys who I think can get you double-digit sacks, but they have to stay healthy because Randy Gregory has had trouble staying healthy in the past, as has Bradley Chubb. Um, so if this unit can stay healthy, uh, the upside is very high. but if there's if one of these guys goes down, you you kind of I would get worried. Um, and then you have Nick, would, Nick Benito, oh, Nick Benito their their draft pick, very talented edge player, needs to work on his technique, but a good depth piece to bring. Like as a third rusher, he's pretty solid. And then so, their left inside linebacker, who I don't think I don't know, it, it's an underrated signing, but also what is it going to be considering how. He's very um he's very efficient in the open fields, but doesn't really add much when it comes to like getting to getting to the um the QB or whatnot. Alex Singleton. Tackle they signed Alex, huh? Tackle machine. Tackle machine, Alex Singleton. But I think what me and you are definitely learning is that tackles doesn't necessarily huh? it's good if you can tackle but like a tackle a good tackling numbers don't make a linebacker exactly especially when you're on the inside like that you know so this linebacker room is really thin Josie Jewell had a nice season last year he projects to be a starter but next to him (laughs) you got Alex Singleton like you said I saw him play with the Eagles he was yeah he was replaceable Exactly, exactly. Jonas Griffith, I think, is also there. And um, I don't know what what, we'll get, what they get out of him. So this linebacker core inside does not bring me a lot of optimism. Uh, hopefully they can have someone step up. But that's a, that's a part of this defense where I'm like, Ugh. And then let's look at the Boy, secondary. Man. And now let's look at the secondary. Secondary that we said. I think I've never been low on the Broncos secondary at any point in the last three years. I'll say that. And I think it's going to, that trend will continue. Um, for a secondary that we thought when they, last year, I think we, I had them pegged also as a pretty high secondary. Pat Sertain easily has shown himself. He's like boarding on top 10 corner. In the NFL. I think he already is top 10. He, if he Mike, I think if, if Micah Parsons didn't have such a dominant um, rookie year, you would have to put Pat Sertain as your defensive rookie of the year. Um, one of the better, um, one of the better corners in the the entire NFL last year. He was he was great and he was a great four interceptions, 
Um, he had 14 pass deflections and 58 tackles. Like he was great. He was legitimately great. Yeah. Um, he is the potential. I think he's top 10. I think he has the potential to be top five by the end of next season if he continues playing like he does. He, he's legitimately a star. Exactly. So, and and then you have and then you have on the other side Ronald Darby. Ronald Darby, I think he was um I think he missed time last year. He did, he did miss time, but when he was on the field, he was a really nice number two. Yeah, he's a he's a good the, number the, two. The biggest thing for him is just staying healthy. Yeah. And then Kareem Jackson, who even at his old age had a really underrated season last year. Um yeah. I think he, he's a great veteran presence at that strong safety and that's is he at the strong safety, I believe. Yeah. Strong yeah, safety position. Simmons, one of the better safeties, safeties in the, in the entire NFL. And then also, Caden Stearns, who is, um, who's also one of their safeties, had a very underrated season last year, too. I feel like people, um, he didn't get a lot of playing time, but when he was there, he was very effective. Um, 22 solo tackles, two interceptions, and five pass deflections, along with two QB hits, two tackles for loss, and two sacks. Yeah. So he uh, was so everywhere on the field, and he's young, so... He was something to keep a note on. Bryce Callahan left, who was a really good slot for them. Yes. Replaced him with Quan Williams. And then they have a bunch of young guys who I think have a lot of potential. You got Demary Mathis. Yeah, Demary Mathis, Michael Ojemudia from last year, the third round, I believe, at, at corner. And then you got, like you said, Caden Stearns and DeLaren Turner Yell at safety could come in and maybe be Kareem Jackson's eventual replacement, one of those two. So a lot of young guys there who you hope to see a step from because if Ronald Darby does get injured, you're going to need someone to step up. Exactly. So you, and Kareem I, Jackson's not the youngest guy out of there. Of course not. So you want, someone, you want some good depth, and I think they have a lot of pieces that could potentially develop, but they, they need to. Um, And then let's look at their outlook for next year. So Vegas has their – is very generous to them actually giving them 10 and a half. But once you have Russell Wilson, well, it, I guess they're giving a lot of credit to Russell Wilson, but they are not giving enough credit to what the AFC West is going to be. And you still have to play, I think eight divisional games in the AFC West. So their schedule isn't really that hard to start. You there, they start off on the road, um, like immediately starting off on the road on Monday night football um, for a Russell Wilson return. So they can easily start the season. Three and oh, three and oh, four and one, or um, I, I think they could start strong to the season. And it isn't until after their bye week when things get a little rocky for them. They have um, Baltimore, Kansas City, Arizona, LA, Kansas City, and LA just to end the season. So that's a gauntlet of a schedule towards the end. And because you're getting more of those AFC West games and you're getting a lot of the AFC, I forget they play on the road at Tennessee too. So and they play in Baltimore too. at Baltimore, exactly. And at, on the road against the Rams. So <laughs> it's going to get a little dicey for them after the bye week. I could see them having six to seven wins or five to seven wins um, before their bye week. And then I don't know if I and c- could only have two after. So are you going to take it over and under on the 10 and a half? Yeah, I'm going under. Five. Oh, not not significantly. But I'll just take the under. I'm giving them 10 wins. I'm giving them eight to nine. Whoa. Okay. With the uh, easy schedule to open up, but like I said before, Russ at the end of the season yeah, has not been as great as he is in the beginning of the season. And 
that last stretch there where they play the Ravens, the Chiefs twice, the Chargers, the Rams. I have a hard but, time saying that they're going to be favored in any of those games. And you can't you can't even like um, rule out the Vegas game too because right. they, the they, AFC West teams always play hard, especially on the road. So so I'm a bit I guess I'm a bit lower on them, but I'm going to say eight to nine wins. Actually, you know what? I might no, I okay. might go with succession with you because with your gut. Nah, because it in my gut they finished last in the in the AFC West. Oh. Okay. So if I don't know if a ten win team is is enough to finish last in the AFC West, but someone's gotta be bad. Exactly, and I think the Broncos probably have. It's so weird too because you would think that if with Russell Wilson because they've always been a QB away, it adds it, but it's really not because is. Would you rather? Would you be more comfortable if Aaron Rodgers was on this team? They both kind of fold at the end of the season, don't they? Uh, I mean, the, at least Aaron Rodgers will fold at the end of the season, but the season's a little longer for him. Yeah, one <laughs> one, one week. What? Okay, fine. He gets a bye week. One week of playing football. He gets, he gets it. He, he, gets he, got, one extra, he got one extra he, week than Russell Wilson. He, gets, he can get Russell Wilson to make the playoffs last year. Um, Aaron Rodgers gets you two extra weeks of playing time. Wait in last year. But yeah, no, I agree too. It's it's going to be a tough. Oh, that's a gauntlet of a schedule toward after the bye week. So, um, I'm gonna go under. Yeah, I think I can get. I could go with eight and eight to nine wins. Seems right. This next team is a team that's one of the, also. I feel like again, a lot of these teams, and I don't know if you're gonna agree with this, but a lot of these AFC West teams already get a. Uh, boost because of who their quarterback is um three out of four of these three out of four more than any this team yes more than any this team has probably one of the better most talented qbs we've seen in the last five years um probably probably going to be a hall of famer i don't know if you can can you does he have a hall of fame resume already he has a super bowl and an mvp trophy and super bowl mvp that's more than some other guys that you think should be in the Hall of Fame are. Or have. Wow. 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 And if he I doesn't didn't... get have a significant injury, he'll have the stats to get in. So he yeah. Okay. So someone you could say already has a Hall of Fame resume. Someone who has probably one of the better coaches in the NFL, a top three coach in the NFL, I would say, but has lost a lot more than people think. Um but you know we'll we'll get to we'll get to what they have. The Kansas City Chiefs went twelve and five, won the AFC West, didn't win the AFC because another team had something to say about it. They had one of the better offenses in the entire league. Patrick Mahomes had nearly five thousand yards. They thought that, and I remember I forget if this the I forget if this was last season that the narrative happened. The Chiefs are in trouble. The Chiefs are figured out because I think they started. Um, they started two and three, mm-hmm. and that's or three and four or whatever. And people are like, "Yep, this is it. This is it. That's it. this is it for the Chiefs." And then they ended up going, I think, um, nine and one in their next couple games, um, and then ended up losing to the Bengals in overtime in the AFC Championship. Yep. After they won the coin toss, <laughs> sorry Buffalo. Um, 
Logan, how would you encapsulate the Chiefs season? Uh, another great season from them. I don't know why people were so quick to write off Patrick Mahomes. And people are quick to write off greatness. Uh, I want to call the next last season disappointment. I mean, made it to the AFC Championship again. It, was it, is it? Wasn't there like that? The fourth straight AFC Championship or something? Uh yeah, yeah. That is. It was. Yeah. And like, I guess you know, there's certain certain people that think like I these great greatness in so many different sports have led us to think that these things are normal. Right. It is not normal to make four straight AFC championships. I mean, for Andy Reid, it is normal to make runs like that but then you get the narratives that he can't fucking win the big game like shut the hell up you, you shut the hell up. so last season great they were great and i think they made a lot of moves that helped them be better because obviously they lost super bowl offensive line was a joke in that super bowl and they went out and they addressed that and it really showed so they 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 knew where to fix their team and i think they went out on this offseason and Got a lot of, got a lot of pieces that I think can contribute to them making a similar run. I agree with you. Um, however, I would say something about this this last year their their team. Um, people didn't figure out figure out the Chiefs, but I did think they got comfortable a little too much. Um, this was a team that had an eighth an eighth the eighth best defense in terms of points allowed, but a bottom five defense in terms of yards yards. Meaning a lot of teams just didn't get the job done against them. And oh, you say that you'd rather uh, hold teams without scoring than yards. This is true. And let them get a bunch of yards. If they're, not this is scoring, true. if they're not scoring, those yards are kind of meaningless, aren't they? This is true. However, when eight of your games or, or I think more have been decided by a touchdown or less, like that's, a, and especially it's, that's it, a little, when your teams are getting too close for comfort, that's, I think, when you start to get worried and you start to wonder if you have pe- um, um, teams that, because I think a lot of times what happened was the Chiefs did work um, very, they were playing a lot of, either they had to come back or they had to hold off a run from another team. That happened a lot last season. Um, and let's talk about the team. This, te- this team, 12 and 5, they go into the draft. And for a team that's been so dominant and so good in the, the last couple of years, you don't really expect them to, you know, start making moves in the draft, but that's exactly what they did. Um, I don't know how you felt about their draft. I kind of liked their draft. I love their draft. I think they, um, you gave it an A. Okay. Yeah. They, in the draft, they got Trent McDuffie. I think my second best corner in the draft. No. Second? Third, 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 third best corner in the draft. Um, third best corner in the draft. They got George Karlaftis, who you were. So high on and Sky Moore, who's someone we were um, both high on. Love Sky Moore, <laughs> but and Leo Chanel, they got Leo Chanel, which was absolute steal. I have no idea how they got him, but they had a great draft. And again, a, te- a team that is pretty successful, you don't expect to start doing like doing so. They went out and filled their two biggest needs, which were corner and edge rusher. So a, a year after filling out their biggest need, which was O line, right. like this team knows what they want. And let's talk about they lose Tyree Kill, obviously in the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think it was, I, I forget what the situation was like. He wanted to get paid. I think they wanted him to restructure his contract. But he which, which makes sense because, like, for, for him to leave because he doesn't want to restructure, but also makes sense that for them to want to restructure because, like, you have so many good players, you have to start paying them. But can you afford everyone? Right. You know? And Patrick Mahomes' contract kicked in. So his cap hit rose exponentially. So they needed to move some money around, and Tyreek Hill didn't want to take it. Didn't want. I think he was gonna make the same amount of money. They just wanted yeah. to spread it out more. But hey, yeah, whatever, man. They he wanted Tyreek Hill wanted to make the most amount of money in the least amount of time possible. You know. Yeah. Which, and so he gets traded to Miami. I think he's going to miss Patrick Mahomes more than Patrick Mahomes will miss him. Hey, but Patrick Mahomes, too, was a better and more accurate throw than Patrick he's Mahomes. He's talking out of his ass. And yeah. He's just trying to gas his own quarterback up. And if Tyreek Hill thinks he's going to get any the, the sort of production that he had in Kansas City with Tua, he is a fool. Yeah. So they lost. Unless they draft another quarterback, of course. Yeah. They lost Tyreek Hill. No, they won't. They lost Tyreek Hill. They lost Tarun Matthew. They lost Char- Charverius Wood and they lost Byron Pringle. And they got replacements at every single position. Um, let's talk about the wide receivers first. Then they bring in, they brought in Juju. They brought in MVS. They brought in, uh, oh, they, I forgot to say they re-signed Orlando Brown. Which no, was, they haven't. They didn't? Nope. They franchise tagged him. Oh, franchise tagged him. My and fault. as of now, he, they're far away from a deal. So what does that mean? Is he going to hold out? No, right? I don't know what it means, but they're not. The two sides are not close to making a deal. Jeez. Still, let's let's preface this with Orlando Brown Jr.'s play. Um, yeah, because Garon Christian Sr. And we'll, we'll talk about the O-line in a second. You have, you have Patrick Mahomes, um, one of the, the top three QB in the NFL. You have Chad Henney, the, biggest, the second biggest backup meme in the NFL. You have Shane Bukele. You better say nothing but good things about Chad Henney. Oh, of course not. I, I, I mean, of course I'm, I'm going to say good things. I love Chad Henney. But I'm just saying, he's the second biggest meme the in the NFL. man himself. Yes. And then you have Shane Bukele, SMU guy. Big guy for us. Huge disappointment. <laughs> but <laughs> well, let's talk about their, their running back room. They made a move that a lot of people didn't know. I broke this news first. But Ronald Jones, they added Ronald Jones to their running back room. And I really liked it for them, especially having Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who, again, I'm not sure what he is still. Um, back who can't stay healthy at the moment. Yes, exactly. A lot of potential, but he has to tap into that. Just like Ronald Jones, really. Ronald yeah. Jones, he, he hasn't really gotten the opportunity to be a lead back. He's no. not going to get that year. No, um, definitely not. But hey, and then you got Jarek McKinnon, who was really good last season in the last couple of games, and you know I was surprised, but he did really good. And then this this wide receiver core. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of potential here. There's so wait, when the hell did they get Cornell Powell? Who? Cornell Powell. He was the wide receiver three out of Clemson. Oh my god. Who cares about him? They got Justin Ross. <laughs> uh, well, first off, they have Josh Gordon. Yes. He's going to be great. Is he your breakout player? No. Oh. 
they have Sky Moore, who they got drafted, who can be a nice fourth wide receiver four until he can eventually assume the starting role. Juju in the slot is going to be great. I, I, I have full confidence in that. Uh, McCole Hardman needs to show that this year he can be that, that guy. Um, well, first off, Tyreek with- Hill is gone, and he will be the – I think he'll be their leading receiver after Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And then you got your boy, Marquez Valdez Scantling. My guy, MVS. Coming in here to prove that he isn't a bum, that he is, in fact, a legit wide receiver. So we'll guess we'll see. There's a lot of de- there's a lot of potential here, but we need to see some development from Scantling, Hardman, Sky Moore. Even Juju, to an extent, leads to show that he can get back to his 2018 self, 2019 self. It's been so long, Logan. His rookie year self. Um, But it's a very promising group, and I think that if McCole Hardman can hit and Sky Moore hits and Juju or MVS, one of those two hit, then the Tyreek Hill loss is, yeah, it's bad. Like, it's Tyreek Hill one of the most game-changing receivers there is. Yeah. But you can mitigate that loss if two or three of these guys hit. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And then, and of course, you have Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I was going to say, you still, if all else fails, you, have you still Travis have Kelsey. a guy who got 1,100 yards as like, a tight end. As tight end. Like, so all these receivers could be, like, second-tier receivers. It does not right. you exactly. have You have Travis Kelsey. And then let's talk about the offensive line. If everyone plays, if everyone's healthy, this is one of the better offensive lines in the entire yeah. NFL. Yeah. Um, they have Joe Thune, who was a great pickup from the last year. Same with Orlando Brown. The best center in the NFL. <laughs> the best? Second best center in the NFL. Jason Kelsey exists. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Second best center in the NFL. And As does Frank Ragnow. He's pretty good. I do like Frank Ragnow. I'm but Creed Humphrey, an exceptional mm-hmm. center. And ex- what an elite center. He's an elite center already. And uh, man. And then Trey Smith on the on the right side and the and Great Andrew Wiley. for them. Lucas Niang or Andrew Wiley. I mean, Lucas Niang showed some promise last year. Yeah. He can take another step. But this if they're all healthy and they're all there, this is probably a top five unit in the NFL. Yes. And they got depth too. Yeah. So I think they got that going for them, but they really need Orlando Brown to, to be on the field. Yeah, he needs to get his act together. Get let's get close on the side. Um, and let's talk about this defense. The defense that again, I told you, gave up a lot of yards last year. Um, but that's because Dan Sorensen is was actually disgusting. And they they also didn't they also got rid of Dan Sorensen. He joins um that's addition by subtraction. Yeah, legitimately. He joins Turn Matthew in um, New Orleans, but that's neither here nor there. I won't talk about that. Uh, Dan Sorensen's not seeing the field. Um, no, yes, he shouldn't. Um, but let's talk about their defense. Their defense is headlined by, well, first off, that front. let's talk about the front seven. Underrated, still. Um, one of the better, like, people w- hated on this front seven last year. Because they felt as if they couldn't, um, they couldn't do anything, and I think it's because a lot of there's a lot of Frank Clark slander going around, and I don't understand why. 
Um, this is one of the. For me, the problem is that there is only Frank Clark. Yes. And Melvin Ingram to an extent last year, but he's gone now. So you bring in Carl Aftis. So it's really only Carl Aftis and Frank Clark. And Chris Jones up front. Chris Jones. Yeah. But like, where is your, where else is your pass rush coming from? It, that like that's that's the question for me because like Frank Clark can't do it all by himself. Yeah, and Chris Jones is probably gonna be asked to come in and be a, a a great edge rusher right away. Well, yeah, of course. And then you got Chris Jones, um, who was their leading sack getter last year. Um, so, and then Nick Bolton, who had an underrated year. He wasn't really good in terms of rushing the passer. If you want to talk about a tackle machine, you could talk about you could yeah. talk about Nick Bolton. Um, I this linebacker room, I'm quite high on. I think yeah, potential. Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, and then Leo Chanel, like those three right there. Great. If they can all hit, oh, <laughs> it's gonna be scary. Because Nick Bolton is good. Yeah, tackle machine, good in the run game. Willie Gay is better in coverage, and then Leo Chanel is like. A hybrid of the two of them. Yes. So that's like just unfair that they got him. And then the secondary, they need a lot of development here. They need a lot of guys to take a step. Because Trey McDuffie, I think, can be an excellent corner. Are they asking him to be the number one corner immediately, though? I, I think they'll have to. Yeah. Unless Legarius Sneed can take another step or Rashad Fenton, who has showed promise, can take a step. DeAndre Baker's in the NFL. DeAndre Baker is a bust. But those three guys, McDuffie, Fenton, and Sneed, you need them all to show something. And then even in this, even in the safety, like Juan Thornhill needs to show that he can take a next step. And then you get Justin Reed as a I like the Justin Reed addition. Matthew, and I think it was a good, good signing. But a lot of these guys are unproven or haven't or, or need to develop more. Yeah. So, and now let's look at their outlook for next year. Next year, the Kansas City Chiefs, 10 and a half. Wow, that's interesting. Um, I'm going to go over because I still think it's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And this is four straight AFC championships you cannot deny. This team hasn't even touched 10 wins since... Probably the year they started off 0 and 6. Like they they've been a top huh? Like 2014. Yeah, like they they've they've been a pretty good squad for the last the better part of the last decade. So I'm taking the over only because they have a great they still have the same um coaching staff, same quarterback, and on the only direction for a lot of these players that are here is, is up. Yeah, I'm I'm taking the over 11, 12 wins. I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes, not betting against Andy Reid. And the Chiefs are one of those teams that if a veteran player is available on the market in terms they'll, of like cuts or trades, they'll get them. there's a good chance that they want to go to Kansas City because this is a team that can win a Super Bowl. So I'm going the over. I don't think any of these teams are ready to dethrone the, the Chiefs at the top of the AFC West yet. So no, of course not. I'm not, I'm not betting against them. It would be quite, be quite yet. 
It'd be foolish for people to think that the Chiefs are going to go I away quietly. <laughs> huh? I think people really think that the Chiefs are going to somehow not finish first or finish like third. Third would be wild. This team is a team I'm high on. I think I don't know what you're feeling about them anymore because you tend to flip-flop with them. Uh, they're a team full of pieces. They're a team that, again, in all honesty, I'm surprised they're back here. First off, overachieved last year. Overachieved. You want to talk about overachieved? We said this was one of the they, – they, the last two seasons have been such a whirlwind because the, the season before – they had a pretty decent season and then they ended up like losing their entire offensive line. Um, Rodney Hudson, I think um, left. They reached to get Alex Leatherwood. I think it, it was in our opinion. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we said, what is this? Will we said, okay, they have a good receiver in Henry Ruggs. Will this team, but will, will Derek Carr have enough time to throw the ball to Henry Ruggs? Um, he didn't, end up throwing the ball to Henry Ruggs because Henry Ruggs decided to, you know, do what he does and kill somebody while driving a hundred plus on a freeway. And he's, so he's literally in jail. And then their other first round pick, was it da- not Damon Arnett? Yeah. It was Damon Arnett. Something, I forget what happened with him, but he was released or whatnot. So... But they had a good offseason um, in, 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 a, in a lot of different ways. They First off, uh, let's, how, would you, how would you recap their 2021 season? 10 and 7, losing to the Bengals in the playoffs. What would you think? Overachieved. I would agree with that. Yeah. It was a clusterfuck uh, in terms of the culture around them. Uh, Rick, Rich, B. What the hell's his name? Rick Bashia. He really willed these players to uh, the playoffs. Um, I, I, but I say they overachieved. And yeah. They they definitely, the team, in terms of looking at them on paper, not the greatest team out there. No, 100% no. Not a lot of star talent. So I, I just think they were achieved. That's pretty much it. Um, and I agree with you. They, I would, I, I, I wouldn't. If you told me how did they win all these games, well, actually, I'll tell you one thing. I will tell you how they won all these games. They did a great job. Other receivers stepped up. I'll say that other receivers did step up. You had um, Hunter Renfro has turned into one of the better slot receivers in the NFL. Get us quiet thousand yard nine touchdown season like probably one of the quietest um seasons i've seen like that um darren waller who was i think at like i don't know where he was he was in most of the season but then he came back and he came back and went right back to business zay jones had an underrated season he's now getting paid way more more money than he should be to be a wide receiver for in jacksonville in the offseason well, first off, before we get to their big move, let's talk about their draft, Logan. Um, I forget if you were high or low on their draft. I was iffy on their draft because I felt like they didn't really pick a lot of like 
defining players, like in terms of like game changing players, especially in positions of need. How'd you feel about their draft? It was fine. Uh, Dylan Farum, good. Their offensive line. We'll talk about that later. They need players on the offensive line. Samir White, uh, it's a good pick. Josh Jacobs' future is in the air, so I think Samir White could come in and be the backup and eventually take over as a starter if need be, if Josh Jacobs isn't there in the future. And then Neil Farrell, uh, the defensive tackle, I thought that was a really good pick because they they need some they need some help there in the interior defensive line. So it was a good draft. I mean, you they're not like impact players right away. They have to develop a little bit, but they're they're solid pieces for uh, the future. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. And it's Amir White. Yeah, that's the underrated draftee here. Especially what will Kenyon Drake be? What if Josh Jacobs is he? Kenyon Drake is, he... is a bum. He didn't do anything last year, and he's not even worth talking about. <laughs> is Josh is Josh Jacobs the franchise? You know, um... no. Running back that people. Um, I don't think him. he is. Um, and then let's talk about what they did in the off season. Um, first off, they lose Yannick Ngakwe, but was what was he really for them? Um, um, the, let me not disrespect Yannick Ngakwe. Like that, that was. I don't want that to. I don't want people to think that I'm. I meant that Yannick Ngakwe had a terrible season. Yannick Ngakwe was extremely productive for them. He was their sack leader, <laughs> and had 23 QB hits. So I. But I'm saying what. Did they get they got him by via trade, right? They got Rakiusin back from the Colts for him. Yeah. Which I liked. I like getting back Rakiusin. Um Max Crosby really emerged Max as Wavin. I said Max Crosby is an excellent and player. that's why I say I'm glad I'm not mad at the Yannick and Ngak- lose them using Yannick and Gakwe because Max Crosby emerged as a quality um edge rusher and then they go out and add Chandler Jones. Um Chandler Jones, someone who the was it the Cardinals? He was on the Cardinals, right? Yeah. They should have re-signed him. He had a really good season last year. They add him. I really like that for them. Um and then they have Bilal Nichols obviously. Jonathan Hankins, I I don't know what to say about him. Um this pass rush is good. Max, yes, I think Max Crosby is a top five edge rusher. Actually, he is that good. Chandler Jones is also that good. One of the better pass rushing duos in the league. Bilal Nichols comes over from the Bears. I think that's an underrated signing. The problem with them is their interior defensive line is is pretty weak. You either can go with the Jonathan Hankins slash Vernon Butler route with two yeah. old veteran <laughs> players, or you can throw in Neil Farrell and Matthew Butler, who are two rookies and see if they develop yeah but not the not the highest on this interior defensive line um and then you got cleveland farrell the bust see if he can do anything as a third pass rusher but and then the bust the fine pass rush it's... and then when you look at the linebacker core it's interesting i like denzel perryman a lot i don't know how you feel about him i like him a lot uh, what happened he just needs to stay healthy he does need to stay healthy, but when he is healthy, he's one of their more productive linebackers. Tackle, tackle machine. You want to talk about tackle machine? Tackle freaking machine. Does nothing to get to the um the corporate back. <laughs> but 
is a tackle machine, you know? But um But they also have Divine Diablo, who has the coolest name on this is, team. Is he good though? Uh he played well late in the season last year. And if he gets a chance to start, I think he could become better. And then you get Jay and Brown from the Titans, I believe. Yeah. He could also he could also perform really well, but Diablo Let's get him some starting reps. Let's get him in there because he has a badass name and he should be a starter. Um, and then their secondary, their secondary is interesting because yeah. it has two of our favorite players ever in there. Um, Trayvon Mullen and Tra- and Trayvon. Oh my gosh, you want to? Trayvon- I could talk about Trayvon Morg forever. I could really. The huh? secondary is kind of like the some other secondaries that we've talked about, and it has a lot of potential. They just need to realize it. Yeah. Um, Trayvon Mullen has to stay healthy. Uh, he was all right last year. Rocky's sin. He needs to show that he can be a, a good outside corner. Nate Hobbs had a really nice year last year. Nate Hobbs had a great year last year. And the slot, so he he really excelled. Trayvon Morg, probably up there with Javon Holland as our two favorite safeties. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to have a breakout year. It's, that's a spoiler for my breakout candidates. But And then Jonathan Abram, this is a make-or-break season for him. Yeah. He needs to figure his shit out. But this is a young secondary. Needs to take steps significant steps and i think some guys can but obviously some guys won't because the probability of all these guys hitting is not not the statistically impossible exactly exactly but we hope then- to see at least one of these corners rocky center trayvon mullen kind of emerge as a a lockdown corner and then obviously trevon morg who will break out that that <laughs> there is no question about that so we didn't even talk about their biggest um their biggest addition outside of Devontae Adams in the receiving game. Why am I why am I Josh McDaniels? Josh McDaniels. I blanked so hard. But Josh McDaniels, I don't know what it, what they told him. I don't know what they told. Do you know what they told him, Logan? Um from what I've heard, Josh McDaniels kind of like has learned from his time in the in Denver and the mistakes he made, and he's kind of, you know, he's a new person. He's a changed man. <laughs> he's a changed man. Okay, interesting. So he comes in here. I think this is actually a really good fit in terms of the personnel. Like Derek Carr is the kind of quarterback that he would like. Hunter Renfro is for sure the kind of. <laughs> Receiver he would like, and then you got Foster Moreau and Darren Waller. That like tight end personnel, he likes that. So I think it's, I don't know, maybe I'm just hesitant because the way like the baggage that he brings. But yeah, obviously, yeah, he does fit well with the kind of system that the Raiders have and the personnel that they have. And also, they bring in Patrick Graham from the Giants, and he's really good defensive mind, and I think he'll really elevate this defense. Yes. Um, and then, obviously, did we, we didn't really we touch didn't too much. We didn't talk about the offense. So let's yeah, I was about to say the uh, offense. We didn't really touch too much on it. 
the, we talk about the wide receiver room. Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. I think people realize this um, this year that chemistry apparently between two wide receivers is huge um, after what Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow did. And you do we think we could see the same thing from Devontae Adams and Derek Carr? Um, there's always a possibility. Yeah. I mean, I think Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers connection is always going to be better than Derek Carr and Devontae. Well, yeah, of course. But Devontae Adams is still a top two, top four receiver. Uh, Hunter Renfro, you, you talked about it. He really emerged last year as a good slot receiver, a good number two receiver. But the problem here lies the fact that they're the only two guys. Uh, I would, I wouldn't say that. Um, what names I, are you gonna give to me? <laughs> Stop. I don't know. I know you know this, but like not because oh he's I think he's gonna be some sort of game changer or whatnot. I was really high on Mac Collins last year. Where did he play? Dolphins. Oh, he, he did play for the Dolphins. I forgot about that. Matt, I, I was no. Okay, fine. But there's no, like, there's a significant drop-off between the top two and the next whatever. So that's a that's an issue for me. Um, the tight end group, though, is good. I think they'll really utilize the two tight end set that they he brings from New England. Josh Jacobs, it seems like his Raiders days are are numbered they declined his fifth year option i don't think he deserves a second contract in terms of like these other running backs are getting yeah Um, maybe like a lower deal but i think his days are numbered zamir white who i think he's an explosive back who could take over but you know if he's running behind this offensive line that's not happening this, this offensive, offensive line is disgusting. Is dog shit. Yeah. Alex Underwood was dog shit last year, anywhere he played. Denzel, they literally named Denzel Gord, good, Andre James, John Simpson. I don't know these names. I don't know how well they play. Cole Miller is the only player on this line that I actually think is a good starter. Everyone else is either average, below average, or needs to develop. So, if I thought their line was bad last year, I think it could be even worse this year. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And even going into that, um, let's talk about their outlook for next year. Immediately, unless Derek Carr, Derek Carr is the line for us, right? Derek Carr is how we measure elite quarterbacks. You, Your quarterback can carry you to more wins than necessary if they are above the Derek Carr line, right? Yeah. Derek Carr is the the standard that game managers need to meet and the absolute bottom that elite QBs need to be. And that is, <laughs> I don't want people to think that's an insult to Derek This Carr. is the year that we figure out if I need to change the name of the line. To the Matthew Stafford. No. No. Don't just Imagine if we no, fucking Super Bowl. No, no. Um, you know, probably become the like, Ryan Tannehill line. No, he's below the line. It's the Dak Prescott line. It's, that's what I was going to say. It's probably it's the, but we will see. I, 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 that's why I'm not going to give my over-under prediction. No, you, you can't cop out. Give it. I have to be because this 
first off, an early bye week is a damn near death sentence. And they could easily be 0-5 before their bye week. Okay. You have to give your record prediction. They do not have a stretch of winnable games until week seven. Wow. I thought you were high on this team. I am very high on this team, but it is you start on the road against LA, on the road against Tennessee, and on the road in prime time against Kansas City. And then it gets a bit it gets very easy from that for, for them and then lulls them into a false sense of security before ending the season with five four opponents who might be in the thick of the top of their conferences. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give them eight and a half, I think, is their number. I'm going to give them nine wins. Okay. I'm going under seven to eight. That's fine. That is fine. I think they finished last. Okay. That, and I think I, I think that's fine. I know. I don't think. Yeah, Devontae Adams is great. And that'll surely make this offense better. But one, you got a new coach. You got to figure out that whole thing. Two, their offensive line is trash. Three, their wide receiver depth is not great. And if one of those guys gets injured, have fun having Matt Collins be your next best receiver. (laughs) Number four, their interior defensive line is bad. So that leaves a lot. Like the run, you can get attacked in the run game. And then five, their secondary needs to develop, and if it doesn't, nope, not yeah. this AFC West. You you need to have an above average defense with these other AFC West teams. So there's a lot that needs to go right for this Raiders team to be at the level that they were last year because I do think they overachieved. So uh, I I'm a bit lower again on the Raiders like I was last year, not as low as I was last year because last year I think I had them winning like four games. <laughs> Why do you only have them winning four? Because their offensive line was dog shit. And I thought yeah. they were going to be sh- terrible. But I guess I underestimated Derek Carr, of course. Should have added a couple more wins. But, yeah, not high on this team, unfortunately. Sorry. That's fine. That's, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not mad at you being low on this team because it's, it's very, again, like I said, they, they could easily start 5-0 and or 4-5. Or, or I don't think they'll start 5-0. and I really don't think they start 5-0. and And, like, to be honest, we ha- I, I don't know what Derek Carr is. Is Derek Carr elite? They paid him like he was elite. Why do you think they paid him that much? Oh, well... Who else were they gonna get? Aaron Rodgers. They could have tried. No, I'm kidding. Not that man. was after he got. What, what? Who is an upgrade that they could feasibly get over Derek Carr? Ryan Tannehill. That's not an upgrade. So Derek Carr is the best option for them at this current point. And it makes sense if you look at it that way. Because yeah. it's very easy for to be like, oh, just go get a different quarterback. Blah, blah, blah. There's only so many elite quarterbacks that can win you a Super Bowl. And none of them are on the market for the Raiders to go get. So anybody else that they would go get that was available was a downgrade. Carson Wentz would have been a downgrade. Like Anyone below... Like Kirk Cousins level of talent is a downgrade. 
Yeah. Ryan, again, Ryan Tannehill. Jameis, unfortunately, he was a free agent, so he would have been a downgrade. Given Marcus Murray over the, the reins, would have been a downgrade. <laughs> like, anybody would have been a downgrade. So this is their – that was – Derek Carr is the best quarterback that they can have at this moment. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. So it makes sense why they resigned him. The Chargers are a team that are have the QB. I think already a top five QB. People are saying, um, "Yeah, QB <laughs> top four. Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm what? not, I'm not dis- disagreeing. I am literally just saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Just to be the guy to cause discourse. You know me. Um, the Chargers are a team that's for some reason somehow like it, you would think it's their um the QB. That's stopping them. You would think it's their wide receiver core that's stopping them, but no. The thing inhibiting them most is their coaching, which is crazy to say, you know? Yeah, your boy, Brandon Staley. I loved the Brandon Staley hire. I loved it when it first happened. You still and then he, huh? Like, I said, you still love it. Don't even act like you're going back on this. They finished 9-8, and eight, which was just a little bit better than anything Anthony Lynn could have got, d- done for them. Third in the AFC West. <sighs> Justin Herbert had the quietest 5,000 yard season I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, and he's only 23, bro. It's actually, it's actually wild how good he is. Um, this season was highlighted by the fact that Austin Eckler really showed how good of he is as a two-way running back. Um, but how shitty he is as a, like, no. He's a good receiving back. He's a great receiving back. He's a great receiving back. Let's 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 hold the two way. Yeah, he's 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 on Alvin Kamara level. He's fine as a rusher. Yeah, he's a great receiving back. And then ball merchant. Yes, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both had a thousand yards. Uh, Keenan Allen still got it. Still got it. He's only thirty, so it's like or twenty. I don't know how. Um, so whatever, but people, he, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, I think was the best fantasy trio this season, but that did not equate to wins mostly because this team couldn't stop a run. If like, they just couldn't stop a run ever. And their, their defense was just terrible. Their defense was literally the worst yes. in terms of stopping the run. Other teams would run all over them. I, I, it's actually surprising how bad other teams were killing them. Yes. How would you summarize their season? Um, it it was it was disappointing probably because you would have thought that Justin Herbert was um, healthy the entire season, and of all the good quarterbacks in the NFL that you would consider top ten, all of them made the playoffs. Yeah. Except for Justin Herbert, like other than the ones that were weren't healthy, so like excluding Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson. Yeah. Oh, well, according to NFL execs, Lamar Jackson doesn't belong. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Don't even get me started, buddy. But um, in terms of top ten quarterbacks who were healthy the entire season, Justin Herbert and the Chargers were the only team that didn't make the playoffs. Which you know, when you have a quarterback as talented as Justin Herbert, you should be in the playoffs. And you you lose to the Raiders on the last game of the season, and the worst fashion too. Because I think 
Um, what it says like they thought a tie was gonna happen. Yeah, and you know, Brandon Staley kind of try to like outsmart himself or something. <laughs> I don't even know what he was doing, but Justin Herbert had a great game. That was a great game by Justin. He was Herbert. great that game and he was great all year. And unfortunately their their defense let them down as it always did. And for a defensive coach, you think he would have done better. Hey, I I know you're trying to like it's okay. My fault. That's on me. So, you know, disappointing season for them. Well, let's say. talk about their offseason. So they lose Justin Jones, Uchenna Nwosu, who I was really high on always, but whatever. Kyle Fackrell and Andre Roberts. In the so, draft, they get Zion Johnson. Um, unnecessary pieces. Wow, okay. <laughs> in, the, in the draft, they get Zion Johnson, JT Woods, undersized Isaiah Spiller, <laughs> and Odo Ogbania. Um, How would you feel about their draft? I think it was fine. It was it was good. Zion Johnson is gonna come in and play and be a Pro Bowler level immediately. I think JT Woods. Oh, what was it? He's a D tackle, right? Or is he a yeah. safety? Safety, 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 safety. Uh, you know, Nasir Adderley hasn't panned out as much as they might have liked him to. So maybe he comes in as his replacement. Isaiah Spore is a good relief back for Austin Eckler. Um. Probably better as a rusher than Austin Eckler. Well, not as better than Austin Eckler, but he's more of a rusher than Austin Eckler. Like that's his deal. Yeah. Um, who'd you say? It was the last one. Uh, Isaiah Spiller. No. The, um, Otto Ogbania. Is that a what D lineman? Yeah, that's good. Good D lineman. You need that. <laughs> and I then think the, the Charters. The free agency class was the highlight of their offseason. 100%. Uh, offensively, they bring back Mike Williams, who really balled out in his contract year. He, did, he didn't ball. He did just enough to procure that second contract. Um, then they get Khalil Mack and Kyle Van Noy, I think, too, as well. Yes, yes. And then our, the, I think one of our favorite moves of the offseason, J.C. Jackson. Excellent move to add to a secondary that just this is just the the the, the division of secondaries, huh? Mm. Um, JC Jackson to line up a slide, one of our favorite quarters, Asante Samuel Jr. Who needs to develop next year? But he needs to develop, he will. He will. Um, and then the best safety in the NFL. I don't think that's... Line on the field, yeah. When Derwin yeah. James is healthy, he is the best safety in the NFL. And they also have Bryce Callahan, so... Yeah, they about sent, that. just mentioned him when we did the Broncos, but Bryce Callahan had a nice season in the slot. Uh, this is one of the better secondaries in the NFL. Uh, the only weakness is Mr. Adderley, who hasn't really... Shown anything. Shown it what they thought he would, but again, they get JT Woods. Maybe he comes in and plays well. But yeah, I think it's one of the better secondaries in the league. Um, and then let's just quickly go over the defense. First off, don't talk to me about Jerry Tillery. Um, yeah, he's a bum. The, I didn't realize they have Sebastian, Sebastian and Joseph Day. They did. That's sign. underrated as hell. Yes. Um, and then obviously they have Joey Bosa and Chris Rumpf. Hello, hello. Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, I think, is in the conversation for one of the better pass rush duos in the NFL. Yeah. Um, 
So that's really good that they got a second person opposite of Joey Bosa. They kind of been missing that. They're lacking that since I want to say Melvin Ingram left. Yeah. Uh, someone else left that they lost. But they that's good that they went out and got him. Uh, yeah, and Sebastian and Joseph Day is a really underrated signing. Their linebacker core is mm, all right. These a lot to be desired. Kenneth Murray needs to show significant improvement. Um, but I think the defense has improved from last year. I think Sebastian and Joseph Day is really going to help out that run game. Jerry yeah. Tillery should not touch the field, but he will. <laughs> and then their offensive line. They've been building up a pretty good offensive line. Getting Zion Johnson, Corey Lindsley last year, Rashawn Slater drafting him out of Northwestern. He was immediately an impactful player. It's Matt, it, Matt Filer has been a solid um, piece. He's not like the flashiest player, but he's been a solid offensive line piece. The only weakness here is Trey Pipkins, the third yeah. starting right tackle. But if they can go out and get someone, maybe potentially, I think. Will be one of the better ones in the league, but that right tackle position is still a, still a weakness at the. Moment. I mean, if it depends on what happens in Dwayne Brown's case, but I think he'd be a good person to go after after this gun charge <laughs> legal issue goes away. But um, I think also so their wide receiver core they didn't really improve it. No, but, but they haven't needed to as of late. Like it hasn't. Like Keenan again, Allen you have the and Mike Williams are are good. They're both kind of like really good at one thing. Uh, Mike Williams is like your your deep threat. Yeah, and then Keenan is your Keenan is your like separator. And but like they're not elite. They're not gonna change the game. But you also have two guys, Joshua Palmer and Jalen Guyton, who yeah, who I think is a really nice like in terms of depth. This they're really. Good receiving core because if those two can like show some development, um, they could really this could be a really deep receiving core for them. And then you obviously you have Austin Eckler, one of the better receiving backs in the NFL, and then Gerald Everett comes over from Seattle. Um, and in the running back room, you also again we talked about Isaiah Spiller, and I think they have what's his name? The other running back they have Joshua Kelly. Is it Justin Jackson? I don't know if they still have Justin Jackson. Joshua Kelly. Like the, their running back room is pretty deep, too. So there's no elite, elite like talent here, but it's still a very nice unit. And I think the, it'll be enough for Justin Herbert because the offense wasn't the problem last year. It wasn't. It was, it was the defense. This so is one of the better offenses in the NFL. Actually. They returned the guys they had, add a few guys. Uh, and the only weakness I see on this offensive side is the right tackle. Yeah. So, so in terms of next season, they are slated, same with the Chiefs, 10 and a half. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to go over only because anything over un, under 10 win is 10 and a half wins is considered a failure for this team. I mean, they could still make the playoffs under 10 wins. But yes, but I think they this team should be challenging for the top of the AFC West. Especially when you have the second best QB in the division. And I don't think that's crazy to say. It's not at this point. Uh, I'm going to say nine or 10. Uh, I, I think if they get nine, it's fine. As if they, 
it's not the record, it's the playoff. If they make the playoffs, yeah. I don't care what the record is. If they miss the playoffs, then then I'm like, okay. <laughs> that is like we need to have a conversation. You're doing something wrong. And, and and like if you look at their schedule outside of their divisional games, it's they don't easy. they don't have hard games. They they play the they play the Jags, the Texans, the Browns, the Seahawks, the Falcons, the Dolphins, uh, and I think there's always a chance that they split every AFC West matchup. So that's already like. Like that's all right. Nine wins. Exactly. So it's pretty easier schedule. Yeah. Um, so if they don't make the playoffs, then I would say this season was a failure because Justin Herbert's good enough to make the playoffs. So let's not play into these narratives about Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. <laughs> you're feeding. You're feeding fire to this this terrible narrative. So let's honestly get your shit together, LA, uh, and. Make the playoffs, please. So I can see Justin Herbert in a playoff game for the Chargers. Logan, that was the AFC West. Where's the AFC West? The best division in the NFL. Yes, sir. Plug us uh, out, buddy. Please. Make sure to subscribe and leave a like if you're listening to this on YouTube. And please comment any thoughts you have on the AFC West as a whole or individually for teams. If you're listening to us on Spotify, follow, um, turn on the notification. Is there a notification bell on Spotify? I'm not sure. No, there isn't. I think you just it's get on YouTube. It's on YouTube. If it's you follow, YouTube. you get the notification bell. On YouTube, hit the notification bell. But follow us on Spotify. Uh, new episodes Tuesday and Friday. Follow us on Twitter at Stick to Sports and TikTok at Stick to Sports. And then follow the two of us on Twitter at Logan Borkin and at no underscore Odish. And check out all content on sticktosportsnetwork.com. This has been the Stick Sports Podcast, where our opinions are the only ones that matter. Manoa. It's been Logan. Run the damn ball. We live in a society. This is Stick to Sports Podcast. Thank you, Noah and Logan.